Welcome to the Morning Ritual Podcast, meditations and conversations to set the tone for your day. My name is Lily Balch, and today we have Baron Hansen on the podcast. Baron is a filmmaker, a meditation teacher, and the founder of Convex, a creative studio that aims to create a better world through original storytelling. I met Baron a few years ago through mutual friends in New York City, and ever since I met Baron, I've been so inspired by the work that he puts out into the world, and he's always up to something interesting. So needless to say, I'm excited to dive into conversation with him and explore what he's been up to lately. So Baron, a warm, warm welcome. How are you doing today? Lily, it's great to hear your voice and see your face after... It's been a while. It's been a moment since we caught up. It has. It has. So the last time we spoke was New York City. I want to say pre-pandemic, but probably mid-pandemic before some big changes. And from my perspective, what I can see is that you've kind of seamlessly blended your love of meditation and your expertise as a filmmaker and are doing some really interesting things. So I want to get into that in a moment. But but before we do, can you kind of catch me up and, and fill me in and, and tell the listener how you've gone from creative studio convicts, busy, busy New York, to Vedic meditation teacher and kind of explaining that transition and what, what drew you into meditation? Yeah, that's a, a really good place to start. Did we, the, did the last place we hang out though, was it a Halloween party? Were we at the same Halloween party? at Morgan's Loft in Brooklyn <laughs> and it was like kind of was, I think I was Britney Spears it was on the it was on the sketch it was on the sketchy side of the pandemic where it was like everyone was meant to get a test and because it was you know October of 2020 and then like and it was just a raging house party and it was like a lot of people really let loose because we hadn't really been out I think that was the first party I went to after everything shut down um so I just wanted to mention that 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 was probably the last place we hung out and um that was really fun (laughs) so much fun yeah that's amazing I think we all were like ready to ready to let loose a little bit and um gosh Halloween yeah so so what's happened since so since then since I saw you last that's a really good question so yeah when we last hung out in New York I was working on my company, which was a creative studio, or still is a creative studio called Convicts. And our goal was to uh, tell positive stories, tell stories that uh, we would say, like, make stories about troublemakers who are making the world a better place, troublemakers for a better world. And so uh, I had a lot of fun there, and we did that for seven years. We made a number of short films and a number of longer films. Um, But I really felt like we were making these amazing films that were about like social justice issues, but I really didn't feel like we were making a huge difference. We were making these films and then we were sharing them with our friends like you who all already believed in all the things we were campaigning for, like Black Lives Matter or LGBTQI rights or um, Stop Asian Hate or Climate Change. It was like great films, beautiful films, but it's like we just sent them to our friends and our friends liked them. And it was like, what change are we actually really making? And so when I was living in New York City, uh, much like yourself, I, uh, I picked up a meditation practice. And I think for me, that was really important because it helped me to balance the intense energy of New York City. You know, you walk outside and when we used to live there, you'd walk outside and it was just an assault on the senses. You walk outside and it's like an inherently stressful place, the concrete jungle. And so 
I picked up the meditation practice there and it really, really helped me. It was like, it was probably the thing that helped me to survive and thrive for the best part of eight years in New York city. And so I was having this underlying feeling that, you know, I wasn't doing as much as I could. And I started to think about where could I make more impact? And I come from a small town in Australia and in 2019, we faced the worst drought in history and then subsequent bushfires, which destroyed hundreds of homes and, and it was very stressful for the community, which led into COVID. And then we had the, be- the some of the worst floods in he- recorded history. Uh, and so our town is a regional town. It's already it's already a place that suffers from you know things like mental illness, violence, alcoholism, and top all those th- add the, all those things on top. It's it became you know quite apparent that there was a lot of stress here. So I thought maybe I could bring this meditation practice to my hometown. And being a filmmaker, maybe I could make a documentary about it. And I think like to sum all that long story up, I kept thinking about this statement: think global act local so it's this idea of like where can you actually make change where can you actually have an impact and I felt for me that place was my hometown and so moved back from New York put all my stuff in a shipping container including that polar bear I had on my rooftop I put it all into a shipping container and shipped it back to my hometown of Nara on the south coast of New South Wales and for the last 18 months I've been working on this project called Be Here Nara Community Happiness Project where I'm trying to implement meditation to the people of the town and I'm filming and documenting the whole process Mm, that's so cool that's so cool and like being able to document this on that larger scale I mean it's local but you're I mean how many people are you teaching yeah so the town is population is 30,000 and my goal is to teach one percent so 300 people is what I'm aiming to do. So it's totally achievable. And I've taught about 150 people in the first 18 months of the project. So it's right on track to kind of happen over three years. Uh, and then, yeah, as you said, like the, the, the film part is exciting because it can be a blueprint for other meditation teachers, yoga practitioners, stand up paddleboard teachers, whatever you do to like show them how I built a community around a well, wellness activity in my hometown and they can use that and go through the same process to do that in their town. So hopefully the ripple effect extends just beyond my little town through the power of film. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And so going back to your process of becoming a meditation teacher, did you do this um, during the pandemic? Was this was this before? When What, what was the timing on that? Yeah, so... To become a Vedic meditation teacher uh, is quite a process. Uh, it, I was doing the prerequisites before the pandemic. I wanted to already be a teacher. And that kind of stemmed from, you know, our crew in New York, I think all was discovering mindfulness and well-being around the same time, you know, our mutual friends and and things like that. And so I was already meditating and a number of people were coming to me asking, hey, like, what meditation do you do? And I'm inter- there was lots of worthy inquiry. Like, I'm interested, you know, what what's what's process are you doing and so for me I was like I should become a teacher in this because I have so many people asking me about it and so I was already undergoing the process and I did about two years of prerequisite uh, uh, courses I uh, got knocked back from uh, I applied a couple of times for the training course I hadn't done enough I had to do some more and then I finally got in in 2021 and then commenced in 2022 and I finished in 
uh, April of 2022 was when I kind of graduated to become a, a Vedic meditation teacher. Mm, cool. And so something I mention a lot on this podcast is that we we don't meditate to become a great meditator. We meditate to become better at, at life. And I'm curious, as you deepened your practice and as you became a teacher, which really deepens the practice, um, what did you notice in your own life, the way that you operate, whether it's with work or relationships or with your own self? Was there a big shift that you can speak to? Yeah, it's it's quite noticeable and it's it's quite profound. And I think it's this idea that most people uh, spend most of their life stuck on the surface layer. If imagine like an ocean and we're all kind of stuck in our individual minds, call it our ego minds. And we're all having this individual experience of like being a wave on the ocean. We're all individual different waves and, and shapes and sizes. And then as we start to meditate more and more is we start to experience what it's like to be more like the ocean. We, we go beyond thought and we get to experience what it's like to be that big self, the collective consciousness, as opposed to the individual consciousness, small self, big self. And so the more time that you spend in big self, the more you start to feel kind of connected to the people around you, to uh, the things around you, to nature, you feel more part of something big as opposed to this individual. And so I think what happens over time is the more and more time you spend in the transcendent beyond thought is that you start to make decisions based on the, the good of the collective rather than the good of the individual. And I, I think about like a lot of the problems in the world and a lot of the problems in the world are caused by someone putting their needs over the needs of someone else. And so I think that the more that we can act from the collective, the more that our decisions start to become more aligned with nature and the more that we start to kind of position ourselves for the collective good. And so I feel like that was my transition from New York, like barren ego, New York, creative agency, making heaps of money, doing like getting all the hot girls, like that kind of thing. And then it's like, I've kind of transcended that. And it's like gone beyond that. And it's like, no, I'm going to do something for my community and I'm going to give back and I'm going to, take a huge page cut and I'm going to just do this because it's for the good of my town rather than ego baron, I guess, New York ego baron. <laughs> <laughs> I does love that. Make, that. Does that, yeah. Does that make sense? Does that analogy make sense to you? Oh, it does makes it, does it so much sense. with you as well? Is it part of your story? Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. And thank you for that beautiful explanation using the, the ocean analogy and, yeah, for me, I I think New York, yes, you're right, it's such an intense place. And I was living there, let's say, from age 20 to 30, basically, so the 20s. And in that 10-year gap, I've always been, a, I was a dancer, but simultaneous to that, a yoga and meditation teacher. So my career, I was already doing like three jobs at one time, <laughs> just trying to afford New York City, but then also part of this really buzzy social circle. And, you know, I, I am naturally social and love to go out and, and balancing all these different aspects of self in New York, um, trying to, to, to really like keep up with all of it um, and, and very ego-driven in that state um, was constantly like burnt out and then pandemic forced 
us all to have a little bit of a, a, a break and step back and see things. And it really made me evaluate a lot of like what I want in life. And so, so yes, I moved to London and then being in this place where I, I have more of my own time and space to practice. I've kind of realigned my values and, and my priorities to, yeah, not be so ego-driven in the sense of what am I accomplishing? What do I look like? Who am I hanging out? What am I doing? And, and more for, for service. And so I've been able to focus on my career as a meditation teacher in a way that's so much more effortless. It's so much more my, the energy that I have to give is like infinite. I actually like get energy from sort of doing the work of, of, of listening to something that's so much greater than me. It's part of big self. And I think long story short, I think for, for me, um, the meditation practice has really opened my level of like creativity and connectedness in a way that's like, it's not about me at all. I'm not, I'm not creating from Lily. I'm creating from this energy that's much larger. And so it feels really like really infinite in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's the experience of big self. It's, it is yeah, you, what you explained is that there's infinite amount of energy, infinite amount of creativity and um, it's effortless. Effortlessness is how I teach my meditation practice is like, it should be effortless. I have one rule. Don't try too hard. <laughs> Gorgeous. I love it. I love it. So tell us, okay. So the name of your project of your film is be here now or now we're being where you're where you're from, right? In this town. And the film has been made. Are you still are you still creating it? Yeah. So we we started 18 months ago. We did the first block of filming and we recently ran a Kickstarter campaign, which was really successfully funded. And basically that film that that money is now going towards two more shoots. And the next shoot actually starts next week, which is super exciting. We've been casting for the last two two weeks to try and find unique characters. And so the whole idea is I want to find people and I want to, I'm calling them unlikely heroes, you know, people who you wouldn't expect to meditate. Um, so I've got my old science teacher. Uh, I've got a, you know, a, someone who is, is uh, in recovery, um, someone who is, uh, you know, highly anxious, a, a cancer survivor. And so all these different people from different walks of life, different archetypes, and we're going to find out what their life is like before they meditate. So go into their homes, interview them, see what life is like. And then the week after that, I'm going to teach them all to meditate. And then we're going to follow their journey and come back in six months time and see whether there's been any changes. So it's super exciting because, you know, we're going to, we're, I'm getting to meet these people when they're at this, this pivot point. And I'm sure you do as well, because when people come to learn to meditate, they're really saying, hey, I want to make some change in my life. You know, they're not happy with how things are going and they want to make some change. And so I'm getting to meet these people and they're willing to be on film, which is so cool and so um, vulnerable. And so, um, you know, they just want people want to share, be able to share their story. And so it's exciting for me because I don't know what's going to happen, you know, and that's the beauty of documentary filmmaking is you know, there's no intended outcome. You know, I don't know if these people are going to hate meditation or if these people are going to completely change their life or, you know, I, I, we don't know. Um, and so it's really exciting that we're at the precipice of, of the rest of the film, basically. Hmm. And so as you, over the course of the next six months, um, 
do you have any like anything in place to help these people make meditation a habit and show up every day or every week or are you kind of seeing how they how they go what how are you how are you kind of encouraging them to stick to the practice yeah well i think like what's really important uh, as a meditation teacher is that we're never we're never pushy um you know we're never like whenever like you never want to force meditation on anyone you never want to force someone to do it so in the style that i teach vedic i give people all the tools to be completely self-sufficient in their practice and i think that's a mark of a good teacher is one who has the ability to make their students self-sufficient you know the ones who keep people coming back all the time it's like hmm. like we don't we let's give them the tools let's give them what they need and let them you know be able to do it um, but the thing is, uh, because this is a community project, I already have 150 meditators out there and in are already meditating. We have group meditations twice a week. So Wednesday nights, we have them, we just finished one. And then Sunday mornings, we have one. And so there is a place for people to come to continue to practice. But also like what's really important is not just the meditation, it's the community building. It's the like that social interaction with people who are like-minded. And I think since COVID people have been looking to socialize differently, right? Like not going to the pub so much or, you know, they're, you know, people a bit like they're not going to events and that kind of thing. So like something like meditation where you can come connect on a meditate, like have a meditation together and then hang out and go for a coffee after seems to be like the new cool <laughs> in Nara at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And, and, you know, meditation can be a very like introspective, um, lonely thing especially if you're just at home listening to a recording or if you're you're doing your own at-home practice which is still super beneficial but when you can do it with other people and have conversations after and um, I think that that energy is something that's really unique and and really special so that's so cool that you're creating that in your community I'm so excited to to check this film out I'm curious about you you though like um yeah what about you how do you cultivate community um you know you obviously doing doing a similar thing like what what are some of the things that you found that have been um successful in you know bringing people together and keeping keeping the energy because a lot of people come and learn and then it's like they lose the energy right like they're excited and then it's like peter's off so how do you like keep up the energy a podcast obviously is a great one but like Mm. yeah what do you do yeah, I'm I'm certainly still learning and exploring what works and 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 really how to build community and, and this podcast, yes, is like one form of it. Um here in London I'm actually opening up it's a community space. It's called the space and the tag is art, mindfulness, community. Um it opens next week. <laughs> so cool. so awesome. this is congratulations. Thank you. This is my attempt at um finding different creative fun ways to bring the community together with that intention so it's sound baths it's movement classes it's like tai chi and qigong things that you're not seeing left and right like i i am a a yoga therapist and a and a meditation teacher so like yes that will be coming in but i want to get different um experiences even in just like 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 musicians coming through and how can we blend um, a listening experience with meditation or, or cacao ceremonies or cooking or I think if you have multiple angles of like meditation doesn't um, or rather mindfulness doesn't have to just be sitting in stillness by yourself we can bring mindfulness into um, into a eating dinner experience um, so I think the more that we infuse these like this knowledge into 
everyday activities and, and in community with other people, we can just up level it even more. So I'll keep you posted on how the, the community space goes. But um, yeah, I think building community is an interesting, uh, interesting topic and, and can be kind of challenging to try to, um, I guess, to the start of building community. I don't know. It doesn't have to be challenging, but what have you found kind of works? Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it's definitely challenging. I think it sometimes can be like disheartening, like when you 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 know you get someone who comes to group meditations for a few weeks and then they they don't come anymore, and you're like, is it me? You know, like is it? Did I do something? Did I say something? Did I like? Was the incense too strong? You know, and so I think like you have to kind of always remember that people will only kind of like behave at the level of consciousness that they're at and you can't like you can't change people you can't force community um but i think like for me it's been about multidisciplinary so like not just getting caught up in the vedic you know the that vedic meditation and knowing that there's lots of different modalities so like inviting um breathwork instructors to come once a month and do a breathwork class i share the studio with pilates uh we have yoga in here five times a week um we have um i'm inviting my friend to to run a dance class um you know at the end of next month so it's like those kinds of things where you just like not getting too stuck in your own ways and thinking that like your way is the highway and just knowing that like you know different strokes for different folks and then yeah like not taking it too seriously and not getting too concerned when like the people don't come back it's like you know everyone's got their own things and their own lives and 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 not taking it too personally I think is just probably part and parcel of what we do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Totally. Totally. So for our listeners, they may have never heard the term Vedic meditation. I probably should have asked this earlier in the conversation, but can you just explain um, the difference between like Vedic meditation and, and say, let's say mindfulness meditation? Yep. So very simply, uh, the classification of Vedic meditation is that it's considered a automatic self-transcendent technique. And it's a mantra-based practice. So uh, in Vedic meditation, you're given your own personalized mantra. The mantra is the tool for de-exciting the mind. Uh, as you think the mantra, your mind relaxes. And as your mind relaxes, the body follows. And so it provides you with really deep levels of rest. And so automatic self-transcendent, meaning that you do it yourself, meaning that it's not guided. You're just thinking the mantra easily, effortlessly. And then the tra- transcending means to go beyond. And so in 
this context mean goes beyond thought. So it's just a simple method of moving us beyond thought and providing us with a deep level of rest. We recommend meditating 20 minutes twice a day is the, the recommended dosage of Vedic meditation. Um, it comes from India, the name Vedas. Um, it was brought to the Western world by Maharishi Mahesh Yogi as part of the Shankaracharya lineage. Um, it's still kind of uh, recognized by the current Shankaracharya, which is the king of the yogis in India, um, as a you know as a legitimate um, legitimate practice. It's endorsed by the Shankaracharya. So, when I graduated, I got to have a. Usually, most teachers get to meet the Shankaracharya in person, but I graduated in COVID, so I had a FaceTime with the Shankaracharya, which was <laughs> pretty funny. The, um, the the spiritual leader of a billion people in India and. <laughs> just being on FaceTime with him was, um, was, That's so was, good. was quite an experience. So yeah, it, it's rooted in deep tradition, 5,000 years old tradition. And now, um, yeah, taught by teachers all over the world. Um, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's quite popular and quite well known. And I guess the people might've heard of transcendental meditation, PM. Um, it's, it's a similar style to transcendental in that it's a mantra based practice comes from Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. So part of that, part of that lineage. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So I like to close off the interview episodes with a few rapid fire questions and they're, they're pretty easy to answer, but you up for it? Let's go. Okay. So first rapid fire question, are you a morning person or an evening person? I'm a night owl. I, my like creative genius zone is after dinner, like 9 to 11 p.m. is where I get like I hit my flow so yeah definitely an evening person that's amazing I I am such a morning person and if I had to do anything from 9 to 11 it would be shocking so it's fun it's (laughs) funny so when you when you get up in the morning are you uh coffee tea matcha what is your like first go-to beverage yeah so my dinacharya my morning routine um so I have been off caffeine for quite a while. Um, since meditating, I found that I just don't have any need for it anymore, um, which has been quite liberating um, because, you know, when I was in New York, I was relying on caffeine and other substances. Um, you know, I think it's natural there to kind of um, rely on a lot of things to get you by, you know, like whether it be alcohol, drugs, um, caffeine, you know, it was, it's, it's it, that, that city required a lot of um (laughs) input extra (laughs) to keep me going um so i'm clean now i'm off coffee off caffeine i haven't had a drink this year either which has been very liberating um but so in the morning yeah i just i just get up i might have some warm water uh and then i'll do a meditation uh and then i will uh, do a little workout and then i usually have like a protein shake to kind of get my get my morning started after I've done my morning routine awesome awesome and that's amazing you haven't had a drink all year congrats that's pretty great I've had a few months this year where I did like dry jan sober september which everyone was like what is sober september sober october (laughs) um nice and it feels so good and next question so let's go back to 25 year old baron if you could give 25-year-old Baron a piece of advice, what would it be? So I actually had a friend who's 25 years old who just asked me this question recently. And um, 
I think I told her to buy stocks in Tesla. <laughs> no, that was, that was a joke. I actually didn't tell her that, but the, I think the thing is, is that I think I would say to myself, uh, do exactly what you're doing and don't change a thing. And the reason for this is that I think all the mistakes and everything that I've, I've learned are part of the journey. And I think probably a lot of people can resonate. This is like everything happens for a reason. Right. And I did some dumb stuff when I was 25, I was just moved to New York. Uh, you know, I had, I had just, I'd maybe just broken up with a long-term out of a long-term relationship, partying a lot. I was like, just, I was that ego barren. And I think I had to do all that to become the man I am today. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I enjoy that, but I also want to mention something is that it's totally possible for us to go back to our 25 year old self right now. Right. And there's this belief in Vedic philosophy that all time happens simultaneously, that everything's happening right now. And that we can actually go and re-inspire our old selves just by placing simple awareness on 25 year old self. And so I like to think about this sometimes that our, like our higher self, our future more evolved self is always coming back down the line and re-inspiring ourselves. And so, you know, sometimes when we're going through hard times, really tough times, like the, you know, the hardest things, whether it be breakups or financial woes, or, you know, we're really down or really hung over, or, you know, we've, we've, we've got some sort of illness that won't go away, which is all, all things that have happened to me. I like to think that like my higher self is kind of that little voice in my head saying like, Hey, everything's going to be all right. Just keep doing what you're doing. And so I like to think about that in the present moment, but also know that you can do that and you can re-inspire your own past by going back and doing that. And so like right now, um, maybe all the listeners, we could do a little exercise where we, we can maybe go back and think about a time in our lives that was really hard, you know, one of the hardest times. And for me, that was probably a, a, a breakup that I had and just send that 25 year old Baron a little bit of love right now. Um, so maybe we could take a moment, just do that. Um, think of a tough time and send a little bit of love to ourselves. And now know that that 25 year old Baron is receiving that love and that sad 25 year old Baron is now feeling a little bit happier and maybe he doesn't know why, but he just like got a little, a little bit of inspiration. So we can do that every day. You know, it's so easy to do. Uh, and our future self is doing it back to us right now. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, I love that. I just got went back to a, a difficult time and set myself a little love. And she sort of in my own brain looked back at me and was like, I know, I know, like a little communication. <laughs> I, I know you got my back. Future self has always had. And I thought that in the love moment that. as I was navigating this difficult time uh, a couple of years ago that the knowledge in that moment of I'm going to learn so much from this experience. Like I had that and I still have that. I mean, I had, I had a really challenging day just yesterday and what helped me get through it was the knowledge of, Oh my God, you have so much to learn. And, and I was really, I was being faced with my ego in a big way. And, and it was like, you're just confronting something that you really need to look at. And, you know, just having that perspective of, there's so much to learn from these mistakes or difficult moments or um, 
challenges. So what an awesome practice. And Baron, I'm so happy you came on the show. It's so awesome to catch up with you and learn about what you're doing. And for our listeners and for myself, how can we like keep keep um, up to date with Be Here Now and help support and check it out when it comes out? Yeah. Um, cool. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to mention one thing too, is uh, when we were in New York, I bought your yoga book for kids that you'd written and I gave it to my niece but she hasn't been able to read but she's just started to read and today just today because I knew we were doing this we pulled it out of her bookshelf and I was like I'm going on this on Lily's podcast today and had your little yoga yoga book for kids um out she's two and a half now so she can start to understand it and she's uh she loved it so I wanted to say um I don't know if you've written any more books since but um that's awesome and that 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 little that little that book that uh you you made is somewhere in Australia in Nara right now in a two and a half year old library (laughs) yay oh you're the best Baron thank you yeah sail away and namaste we've got a couple more coming out so if you've got kiddos in your life keep your eyes peeled sail away and namaste yeah. <laughs> it's awesome it's on amazon uh so was it still on amazon it was on amazon when i got it yeah, yeah cool uh so in terms of supporting be here now um firstly uh if you want to follow us on social media that's awesome follow the journey um it's at be here now on instagram and facebook uh the other thing i'm asking it's kind of a big ask but it's it's come visit Nara. And so a big part of what I wanted to do was to change people's perception of my hometown. My hometown is, it's a beautiful place, but it uh, has a really bad reputation. It, um, you know, when we were, when I was growing up here, I was like, I just wanted to leave. Like people would tease you like, Oh, you're from Nara. You're going to steal my phone. And um, so the whole part of this film is to uh, show all the positive things that are happening within our community. So if you live in Australia or overseas, is like put us put Nara on your your to visit list. Come visit, like pop in for a meditation. Um, you know, come say hi if you're in town. Hit me up on Instagram. Like we'll go for a coffee. Uh, I really want to like not only grow the consciousness of the town, but bring conscious energy to the town as well. And we're going to do a meditation festival in October 2024, where we're going to invite the world to come and meditate in Nara for a month um, or for however long you want, but we're going to do something for the whole month. So um, yeah, it's a big ask. Either follow us on Instagram or come visit Nara <laughs> and then watch the film when it comes out. Maybe we can do a second one of these when the film comes out and then we can, we can talk about the film once it's like uh, in production or at Sundance or wherever it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. We should definitely do that. And then maybe I can do a little showing um, in my studio in in London and create a little conversation around it. It'll be a pretty big studio, I think, by then. And yeah, congrats on that too. Like that's, that's amazing. And I think like, it's so important to build community and have physical spaces. Uh, And so it's, it's very easy for us meditation teachers to exist just online and, you know, like, be be you know have have these things and be on social media but like being out and being on the front line and being with people is like absolutely the best way which we can have the most positive impact so good on you thank you baron awesome well we'll end the episode the way that we always do with a full breath in a complete breath out and have a lovely day
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.